Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this week's episode, we're looking at the alternative meat sector in the Asia-Pacific region. I'm joined by Gabrielle Rutkowskaiter, who's a Merger Market reporter based in Sydney. Hi, Gabrielle. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Julie. So we're looking at alternative meats. What's driving the growing consumption of alternative meats? So increased awareness in animal agriculture that is causing um, greenhouse gas emissions, um, land degradation, ethical reasons and health concerns. Um, these all have been contributing to the rise in demand for alternative meats. It is also important to mention that when we're talking about meat alternatives, um, those aren't only plant-based products, um, but also cell-based products, as well as foods made using um, precision fermentation technique. So what's the market opportunity here? So the alternative meat market in Asia-Pacific region is expected to have the largest company annual growth rate um, globally, um, which is around um, 15.9% between 2018 and 2026. Um, Australia is projected to continue um, as the third fastest growing uh, vegan market in the world at uh, 9.6% growth. So that we are expecting quite you know, high growth um, in in the region and countries like India are already, you know, um, has a big uh, part of population that are vegetarians um, and don't consume meat. The average world citizen is increasing meat consumption um, as he or she gets richer, but um, with uh, 70% of agricultural land um, already in use, at this capacity, the world will not be able to supply meat demand if it continues to grow. So, for example, I spoke with the CEO um, of V2 Food um, and his um, the company that he is running. Uh, they are they're not trying to um, you know replace meat, but help people to um, reduce meat consumption um, because of that uh, use of agricultural land. Um, projecting that. Maybe at some point, you know, the, at the rate uh, that um, people consuming meat, um, there might not be enough supply of meat. Um, China is the world's uh, second largest consumer of beef, um, accounting for 16% of the beef consumed globally, consumed globally um, in 2020 after the U.S. And um, V2 Food, for example, is focusing on China um, and raised accumulated funds of um, 184 million in two years since its inception, which was um, quite significant um, raise in, in Australia. And many of investors, um, some of investors are Asia-based investors. And it feels like there's like a real growing awareness amongst people that eating meat isn't that good for you physically, but also not great for the environment. But it's interesting to see how different countries are, what their kind of meat consumption level is. Yeah, and um, I was quite, you know, interested to learn that it was kind of, for example, you know, in China, um, people weren't consuming that much meat, whereas now 
um they you know when you look at the plate um before i think they they, they were in someone uh, one of the CEOs that I interviewed, we were talking about this and they mentioned that, you know, for example, before you would have like one third of the plate meat, whereas now you, you have a massive steak and maybe a little bit of, um, you know, condiment, some sides. Um, and it seems like as the population, and especially in, in China and other Asian markets are getting richer, they want more of that they're more interested you know in consuming meat um especially beef and um and some companies are thinking you know what will be the solution um if that continues to grow and one of the countries with the biggest population in the world is india what what are the trends you're seeing in india yeah so india has the highest number of vegetarians in the world um i can't choose Thirty percent of the country's population, uh, according to Foreign Agriculture Service, while it's it is among the lowest meat-consuming countries in the world, eighty percent of the population is still protein deficient, um, and ninety percent of that number are unaware of their daily protein intake requirement, um, which is you know an opportunity for um, those uh, plant protein um, companies to work on um you know educating population and um you know providing a food a plant or you know um animal free uh, uh foods to to those people um you know and educating them on what what kind of nutritional value that so are there have. any other countries that are particularly significant in the APAC region when it comes to alternative meats so Singapore, for example, is rising as in um, in research and development and, and manufacturing hub for plant-based and cell-based um, alter- alternative protein products. Since this city state aims to produce thirty percent of its nutritional needs locally by twenty thirty. Um, similarly, to um, Singapore, consumer interest in plant-based pork and chicken products uh, grew sevenfold in 2020 compared with 2019. Overall, the Asia-Pacific um, market is expected to reach uh, 1.75 billion US dollars over the next five years. And in China and Thailand, demand for plant-based meat products driven by changing consumer values around health, taste and sustainability is forecast to grow by 200% over the next five years. Overall, around 75% of APAC consumers are willing to pay a similar price to what they are paying for meat, for plant-based meat products. Great. Thank you. That's really interesting. And can we look at investor interest? How engaged are investors in this sector? So we have seen um, Sweden-based Oatly and California-based Beyond Meat um, receiving um, a lot of interest from investors and both of these companies you know they they are all valued in billions um the other one uh, california based uh, impossible foods is reportedly also heading towards an ipo so i think you know the world has acknowledged and noticed that and investors in asia are also um looking for other success stories and good returns um and and I think it's very attractive um, investment um, opportunity as many investors are looking for um, ethical uh, and 
you know, growing um, alternative companies um, with some sort of ESG thematics. Uh, one of the notable investments happened last year in, in, in November when South Korean investor Mira Asset Global Investments led the uh, 500 million round of Impossible Foods, um, which is, according to media reports, is heading towards an IPO. Okay, so there's quite a lot of activity on the IPO front. But are there any concerns about the longevity of the sector? Yes, yeah, so um, there have been mixed feelings about the hype in the market. Um, so some companies that I interviewed that have been, you know, that have been in industry for some 10 years and they have been, uh, you know, manufacturing and making foods for vegetarians and vegans. They are a bit concerned of these newcomers being valued so high. Um, they argue that at the end of the day, these startups are just food producers and not some, you know, technology companies. Um, so they're a bit, you know, they, they're questioning how will investors get those returns when companies are not profitable and yet, and no one knows when they when those will be. The other thing is that some companies are trying so hard to create and replicate traditional meat and milk flavors that they end up adding ingredients that are artificial or associated with adverse health effects, which is then making you know those products not that healthy. Yeah, and it's I, I read something today, in fact, that a lot of the alternative meat and and dairy foods are, are, are ultra processed because they've had so many additives and flavors added to them yes and that is the challenge for um all these startups and companies because um they're creating foods but they need to retain customers um and they have to make sure that they the the food tastes good and i think you know um <laughs> off the record um or you know the market um gossips uh, you know, they, they they would say like, oh, this company maybe the taste is not that good. Then the other the, the companies the company A products maybe not that good as the company's A B products, and um, that is the challenge for um, for all these startups to create good tasting food, but that is also you know. Um, healthy. Great. That's really interesting, Gabrielle. A, a sector that I'm really interested in, uh, as I mentioned before we started recording, I'm kind of vegetarian or even vegan in theory, not so much in practice, but I did have an alternative meat burger yesterday for my lunch. So good to chat. Thanks for your time. Thank you. That was Gabrielle Root-Kauskeiter, who's based in Sydney. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SSNC Intralinks. Please rate, review, and subscribe or follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.